Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking Games. I'm Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Karen Shortle. Hello. Hello, Karen. Hello, Bobby. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. It's funny that we share the same last name. I know. I've never met before. I know. It's uh, a popular last name, Shortle. <laughs> it is. It's very popular uh, in, in our neck of the woods. Uh, no, Karen is my wife. You've heard me talk about her many, many times on the podcast, but she's joining me for the first time on a podcast here. Uh, we were supposed to do this show in early October. Yes. Uh, right around Comic-Con time, but because there was a scheduling error with Justin and he was still in Florida when I thought he was going to be back, it was a big mess. Like, okay, we're going to do this like horror games show because Halloween's coming up. It'll be perfect for that. It'll be fine. And then um, I got this like thing on my tongue and I couldn't talk <laughs> uh, for like a week. And it came right in the time where we were going to record the this show. And so we kind of put it off. And then it's not as tawdry as it sounds, by the way. No, no, no. It was it was a bad cold sore. Yeah, but it was really painful. Yes. And I couldn't speak. So bad for podcasts. So we didn't do it then. And then things just, you know, progressed. We had regular shows to do more. But, uh, you know, last week we introduced a couple new cast members to the show. Uh, Hugh and Kelsey did a great job. But with bringing two new people on at the same time, we didn't really have time to plan a second show. So uh, I, in talking with Justin and then with, with Karen, we were like, well, why don't we just do this, uh, the horror show that we were going to do in the first place. It's obviously, um, not so timely anymore with the holiday since, since we're well past it at this point, the show will be coming out, I believe on the 10th of November, but we still want to do it. It's still going to fall time. It's still a good time to play. Uh, it's always a good time to play horror games. So I think it'll be good. Um, uh, I, I also just want to say that we're hoping that listening to the show and um listening to this show and help hearing us talk about these games these really scary games hopefully uh will take your mind off what's been going on for the last couple of days in the country um whatever side that you're on uh i just want to read it and i've said this in the show before on the other shows but you know, if you're someone who feels disenfranchised or someone who feels scared right now, we as a site are here for you to both share in your fear and to hopefully help you feel a little better. So if you need anything, don't, please don't hesitate ever to, to reach out to us and, and contact us. Yes, absolutely. And I could say that playing horror games <laughs> helps escape the horror of reality. Uh, for me, it's one of my favorite genres if not my favorite genre. I would say it's your favorite genre. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite you're, genre. You're I don't know who I'm kidding here. Couching your statements? Yes. Maybe it's my I favorite like to genre. I like be terrified. Um, I like that particular challenge. Trying not to poop my pants mm -hmm. while I'm playing a game is a challenge for me. Um, for horror games. And also for terrible games, but for horror games, <laughs> especially. So uh, we're going to do, like, just go through kind of our favorite horror games uh this isn't gonna be a numbered list or anything like that we're just gonna talk about them a little bit and, and sort of uh you know talk about why we love each game uh or or what scared us about each game but before we talk about that i wanted to ask you you just mentioned sort of it being your favorite genre why and it's for movies too it's not just for yes for games why do you love horror things basically 
Well, uh, first of all, I like anything that's well written. That's always my thing. So when talking about horror games, I like the horror games that are more adventure horror, that have a good story behind them, and less, um, you know, quick little jump scare, free to play games, or, you know, a, a shooter type of game. Uh, that's also considered a horror, like uh, Bloodborne was on one of the lists. So mm -hmm. I did some research on the best horror games in Bloodborne. Now, to me, I can see how that's a horror game on the giant scope, but um, on my own scope, it's <laughs> it's more of a, a shooter to me. Uh, not a shooter. It's more of a, like, you know... RPG? Yeah, but... Hack and slash? Hack and slash, yeah. Hack and slash, RPG. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about it. It's just not my style. Yeah, you better watch because... out what you say about the Souls type <laughs> game. I know, I know. Um, I just particularly, I, I don't feel there's much of an appeal story-wise for me. Right, no, I get that. Which I, I know, I mean, from what I've heard from most of the fans of Bloodborne and Dark Souls, is that uh, they enjoy the challenge. Yeah. Because obviously the enemies are extremely challenging in those games and i can see the appeal but that is not my personal appeal mm -hmm. um horror movies as most people know they're terribly written but i like to see where they're going with it i like to see what kind of darkness comes out of people's minds you know what are they thinking when they created this what are they trying to send to the player or the viewer what, what are they doing is it just for fun is there a deeper message? Because there can be a deeper message with horror games. It's not just all nonsense. Um, and I, I like to play around with it. You know, I like to mull it around in my head while I see the story unfold and while I'm curled up in the dark with my diaper on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the little like offshoot into, into Bloodborne stuff, uh, I think even more, you know, most of the Souls games are or sort of, you know, dark fantasy. Uh, Bloodborne, which is uh, which is the same style game as the Souls games, but uh, it does dip much more into sort of celestial slash Lovecraftian horror than the Souls games do. Uh, you know, it's story-wise, it, it's, it's not a horror game. You know, I wouldn't call it a horror game uh, necessarily. And the story in those games is always tough to follow anyway. But it does bring more elements in than the previous games have brought in, I, I think, in its imagery and sort of its its content. Um, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that at all. Give me one of the games that when you think of, if someone asked you, what horror game should I play? Uh, don't give me your your like your first recommendation because we'll, we'll, I think we'll talk about that okay. a little bit later. But what is something that you would absolutely say they should play? Until Dawn. Okay. Why? Definitely. Uh, well, as you know, because you live with me, I played that game ad nauseum. You got the platinum. I got the platinum. Uh, I could probably recite most of the game verbatim. I could probably recite most of the game <laughs> verbatim at this point. Yeah, I know, I know you're sick of seeing Mike in the asylum, in the sanitarium. I've seen you play sanatorium. it. Sanatorium. I've played it. Sanitarium or sanatorium? Side note. I think it's a sanitarium. Sanitarium. Um, I've seen, I played it. I've seen you play it at least twice, if not more than that. Yes. And then I've, I've watched you watching other people play it many times. <laughs> yes. I do enjoy the YouTubers, uh, for horror games at least. And you also watch my brother play it, who I, I introduced did. it to. I did. 
Well, it's a great game. Um, I felt as if it was something new, something different. Um, it actually inspired us to cr create a horror Halloween movie. Yeah. Is every year we've, uh, aside from this year, we've done a Halloween movie for our friends. I'm not sure if you've talked about it before on the yeah, show. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know if I've talked but, about I'm um, talking games, but I've definitely talked about it. The last one we did was loosely based off of Until Dawn, or at least I think we got the inspiration from it. Doing because like a teen, a teen horror movie. A teen horror movie where we're all in our 30s and 40s and possibly 50s. Definitely 50s, um, Bob. And we were playing 15 to 18 year olds and it was a blast. Yeah. And it was, it, it got good feedback from our friends at the party mm -hmm. uh, and imbibed as they were. They still enjoyed it. <laughs> it was actually perfect. And uh, a lot of that I also felt while playing the game, um, just joyful you know it, it was hilarious the each character is definitely a stereotype yeah for sure you know between the the slut and the quarterback and the bitchy one and the quote-unquote virgin um you know it, it's just it, all these things that when i first went to the movie to see a horror movie i think it was scream mm. you know w without parentals around <laughs> or anything like that but um that was the first horror movie that I'm like, this is kind of fun. You know, it's scary, but it's more fun than scary. And it's it's interesting. And um, I got that kind of vibe, like a little vibe from, you know, a, a nostalgic vibe of like, okay, yeah, this is the horror that I, I like right now. And yeah, there were a lot of jump scares in it. And it, especially in the beginning. I would say the jump scares kind of wavered toward the end of the game or, or I got used to it. The player gets used to it. Um, but at first, those those first few jump scares, especially playing it with somebody, which I think is kind of necessary to enjoy the game more. It, it was a lot of fun, you know. Bobby was definitely bouncing around like a little popcorn kernel um, at some certain jump scares <laughs> in the beginning. But uh, that is kind of what made me want to continue with the game was just seeing the reactions and seeing how ridiculous these characters were. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I... I had a ton of fun playing Until Dawn, and uh, they did a great job with sort of the the facial, you know, capture with all the actors and stuff like that. Uh, and I also agree with you. I mean, I like that it's it has some scary moments for sure. A lot of a lot of jump scares, some generally tense moments, some good twists. Um, but it's just a lot of fun, and I really. I'm a big sucker for story in games and character in games. And I, you know, I love great mechanics in, in games and, you know, a good shooter or a good platformer or a good action game. I'm all for, but for me, I, I think I love that we live in an era where you can have a game like until dawn, which, you know, it takes its, it takes its cues from, you know, uh, heavy rain and, and beyond two souls, like the David cage games, but does something where you don't have to, there is no combat, you know, it's all quick time right. events and dialogue choices and stuff like that. And I, I love that about the game. And also it's very impressive how many different things can happen um, to the characters and right. who stays alive and who dies. And, and they also do a great job, even when there isn't a real threat of something bad happening to one of the characters, they do a good job of making it seem like there could be. Cause once you play the game, a few times you realize that okay there's only a couple places where each of these characters can die 
but the first time through the game is great at hiding that from you, which I think is pretty impressive. Right. And as you go through and replay it, you realize that there are many ways to die for all the characters. And I think I've been through all of them. I, actually, I know I've been through all of them. But there were still little scenes that I missed. Um, you know, making the wrong choice, for example, or missing a quick time event. There were little little scenes, little jump scares that happened that I had missed. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything at this point. I don't know if spoiling exists for this game, but I'm sure it does. <laughs> yeah, Because for sure. there are still people that haven't played it mm -hmm. and should. Um, and, uh, you know, a quick note about quick time events. This was my first time with trying out a game with quick time events. I had watched you play the Walking Dead series, which, you know, mm -hmm. we'll get into. Yeah. But um, I was terrified just, just to try the quick time events because, first of all, I'm used to older games. So, you know, this whole newfangled configuration just terrified me. So that in itself was a horror story. So when I had that anxiety starting the game, not knowing what was happening, the quick time events were like, you know, a gun to my head. So being able to go through that and get through the game and, and the fact that you can still beat the game, even if you screw up a quick time event. I mean, yeah, you may have a crappier outcome, but it, it's kind of like a training. Mm -hmm. It was like a training for quick time events. So by the second time I played it around, I nailed everything. I was able to get uh, to get the best ending and um i just loved it obviously <laughs> yeah and it was i mean it was our it was talking games game of the year last year much to justin's chagrin so <laughs> <laughs> that it's definitely a big recommendation from me uh as well um the the, the for me you know horror games a lot to me are separated into sort of two categories for me and this has only happened in the last couple of years but there is a stuff like Until Dawn, um, you know, or something like Outlast or and stuff like this, mm -hmm. which are games in which you can't really engage in combat. I mean, yes, uh, where the primary function Until Dawn's, Until Dawn's a little bit different, obviously, because there, you are there is more to do than just run away in Until Dawn. But there's a whole section of horror games, right, that are just run away or there's no combat or whatever you know that there's that section and then there's the more sort of mechanic heavy you know that that keep a lot of the uh, of sort of the traditional style of playing games where you can die and if you die you have to start over and blah blah, blah right, whatever right um and, and so they're kind of separated in two different categories in my head for me uh the second category, which I mentioned, come it stems a lot from it's still stemming a lot from the older games, older survival horror games like Resident Evil and Silent Hill, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, but for me, in, in the modern context, the two that I think of most and the two that I would I recommend most highly would usually be Dead Space, the Dead Space series. Yes, m you know, you've said that to me. I'm sorry, a few yeah, times. It's okay. And uh, that is one that I'm interested in playing because you recommend it, and you've also told me that I'd like it yeah so they're, they're very scary uh the, the the first one is definitely the more um horror focused title i'd say but for me the second one is the sweet spot between they refine some of the controls they they up the production values a little bit and uh just the game in general is so well polished and so good but also still very very scary um you know it's science fiction horror so it's more along that sort of like aliens um event horizon sometime type okay. sort of space horror 
but uh, those games are, are fantastic. They can be very hard. That's that's the thing about them that um, is tough for me in, in a horror game sense slash story sense because as much as we mentioned that story, sometimes horror can be very poorly written. Uh, when it comes to horror games, the main thing I'm kind of there for is the, the thrills, but also the narrative that's being told because um, that's also equally as scary to me. And with with games that I'm mo- most interested in the, most interested in the narrative about, I just kind of want to get through the story. You know, I don't I yes. don't want to. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not there for the challenge of can I defeat these monsters. That's not really what I'm there for. So a lot of time with Dead Space games, I'll jack it down to the easiest difficulty because it's still at least with the first two it was still relatively challenging, and I could get through the story without dying three, four, five times, which really ruins the momentum for me on something that I'm looking for an, on an experiential level. Uh, uh, the other one for me would be Alan Wake would be the other one would, the, would be the other one for me which we have up on the screen right yes, now that's another one that you've told me I would love yeah well Alan Wake you would absolutely love Alan <laughs> Wake is about a writer in a Pacific Northwest town that's a little bit off um, the town and also sort of the writer he goes up there with his wife uh, to spend like to finish his book and, and all this kind of stuff and his wife gets taken by some sort of like supernatural thing that, that sort of inhabits the town okay and he has to like basically search for her and try to find her all the while where there's this sort of um normal world sort of dark world sort of ah, uh flip sounds going familiar. on yeah yeah um and you know it's very heavy on combat there's a lot of shooting in it um there's this cool system where you have to use light to kind of weaken the enemies and it will like use a flashlight to kind of take down their shield for lack of a better term. And then you can kill them with, with, mm. with your gun. And how's the, uh, configure How's the gameplay with that? Because I've noticed that, or while I've played some games that include a flashlight or something of the like, uh, like shattered memories, for example, sometimes the configuration between the flashlight and the gun and this and that can be complicated. So how is that with Alan Wake? How would you say that is, uh, as far as I remember, cause it's been, it's an older game. It's been a few years since I've seen it. I think it came out 2009. I think it's when Alan Wake came out. So it's been seven years since since I've played it. Um, I remember, if I remember, it's like left trigger brings up your gun and your flashlight and then right trigger shoots. But I'm sure there's a, a configuration I'm missing. I'm sure there's some button you need to hit to... Uh, you know, get things going um, as far as like, cause I know there's, you can decide how much you want to sort of pump the flashlight because there's, cause there's batteries um, in the flashlight, which you have to worry about how much battery, oh, battery you gotta switch out the battery, stuff like that. Also stressful. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a little bit too much combat in it, but the game overall, like the story and, and, and how it works and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I really love, it's got really good voice acting uh, for the time. It was a really beautiful game as well. And uh, it's a really creepy game at times. And, it's both psychological horror and, you know, kind of physical horror. And it's got a perfect sort of mashup of those two things for me. What about you? What are some other horror games that you love? Well, uh, if we're going with more recent games, Anything, definitely though. Telltale's The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got me into that. And I'm not into the show and it's nothing uh, negative against the show. I just never got into it when it started. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it. I didn't have any means to watch it at the time um and i did watch the first two episodes and i it was interesting but i didn't get into it with the fervor that i usually get into things with um but the game is amazing on on all 
all counts, all my counts that I could <laughs> think of. Um, the story's amazing. Yeah. I cared about those characters more than, I'm not going to say any, but it's up there uh, with other video games. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I really was sobbing at the end of season one. Sobbing. Oh, yeah. And then watching people playing it home. again and sobbing some more. <laughs> I remember coming home that, that, that day. And you just turned around and you had like these oh, yes. eyes were full of tears. I was watching PewDiePie. Yes, you were watching PewDiePie. I was watching play. PewDiePie play it. And, um, you know, PewDiePie is a clown, but I, I love clowns. I love weirdos, which also ties into my love for video games, <laughs> uh, horror games, that is. And um, to see him completely break down and feeling the same way, I was just like, a mess. Mm -hmm. And when you came home, I was pretty much in a puddle of my own misery. <laughs> um, and oh, I love this game so much. Uh, and that was after, <clears throat> excuse me, that was after we had played season two. Yeah, I so, had been playing season two. And uh, and you had been like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch you play. I don't, I don't care about the first season. Right. I was well, I'd asked you, do I have to see the first season? And I, re I mean, I did, but I didn't. I thoroughly enjoyed it without knowing any of the characters. Um, but as soon, but as soon as, because I think we had only played through the first episode or two episodes of season two when you went back and watched season one. Yeah, absolutely. Because because the time we because by the time we were playing halfway through season two, you were talking about wishing Lee was there because there's that big scene at the end of season two. Yes. Where she has like that flashback yes. where she remembers him. And I you did. were affected by that in a way that... Well, right. And yeah. that's because of the great story writing. So yeah. after the first episode or two of season two, I was like, all right. I was fine with, you know, getting into this without knowing the backstory. But now I definitely have to know the backstory. And it was the part where, you know, I don't know. How are spoilers? Can I, can I spoil? A little bit, yeah. Um, <clears throat> when you had seen Kenny return. Oh, yeah. In season two. Uh -huh. And your reaction to that. And you were like, oh, my God, you know, it's Kenny. And I, I'm like, oh, God, I have to know who Kenny is now. And I have to know how he ties into everything. <laughs> so I went back and watched it. And then by the end of season two, you know, especially knowing Kenny and all the characters in season one, I just I was even more broken. But in the best way, in the yeah. way, like, give me more. Uh -huh. I can't wait for season three to come out. It's supposed to come out this month. And um, no updates have been made thus far. But I'm crossing my fingers that we don't have a... a PT or Allison Road. Oh no, no, that, it's coming. I, I don't believe we will. It's no. there's been a definitely not a PT situation, no, 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 but uh, it's coming. You it, know, like with Life is Strange, for example. You know, they they kept promising that it was going to come out. Oh yeah, it was well, delayed, delayed, delayed. But I feel like they took that from yeah. Telltale because Telltale used to be horrible <laughs> about their release schedule for for their games. Like it'd be months between episodes of things, and now they're much better about it. But I hope so. Um. It'll be out. I'm, I'm, what they'll do is be like, okay, you get a trailer on like a Friday, and it'll be like it's out on Tuesday or whatever. That's what they'll do. Yes. Because um, I mean, they're not looking to sell retail copies right away anyway, so it's not like they have to, you know, sort of promote it in a retail sense. It's just going to be up, and it's a huge name, obviously, at this point. So right, and well. with that game, like you were saying before, uh, it doesn't really have any battle, no. but it does have quick time events. Season where one, you're battling. Season one has a little bit more of like. There's like a whole sequence in season one, which is like, here's the gun. Here's a gun. Shoot the gun at zombies coming at you, which is much more direct control than the series has really ever done after that. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah no, there, I, I don't there, there are some quick time events and there are just some, yeah, they're, I guess they're mostly quick time events. The way I have you interact with what's going on. 
I would yeah. say if somebody asked me what the best thing was about that game, it would have to be the story, obviously. Mm. Um, I assume you agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, just if you haven't played it, just play it. I don't even know what else to say. Even if you don't like horror games, if you like stories that trigger emotions, if you like well-written anything, give it a try. And mm. I think you'll fall in love with it, honestly. Yeah. yeah, if you haven't played The Walking Dead Season 1 especially... Season two is very good. If you play season one, you should play season two. But if you haven't played season one, play through season one because season one has some amazing, amazing moments. Yes. Um, and that sort of like second category we talked about, uh, I talked about Outlast before, which I, I think I wanted to talk about with you. But quickly, I just want to talk about Soma, which is another kind of sci-fi horror game, which I played last year. Right. Um, which it is a very tense game. Uh it's one of those games where you cannot fight back against the enemy that is kind of chasing you. So it's very much a game about exploring and running away. Um, it, it's not, it, it's not a white knuckle horror game. Like I, you're working, I don't get terrified the whole time, but it has one of the most thoughtful, intelligent and well delivered stories in any game I've ever played. So it's definitely worth a play there. Uh, I think for people who are at all interested in the idea, which is like you are wake up on this station and you don't know how you got there. And there are robots who think they're humans. Um, and and there, and you're trying to figure out what's going on, how you got there, why you're there type of thing. And it's really, really great. Um, so I definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, one of the first things we played when we got our PS4 was actually Outlast. Yes. <laughs> um, what do you think about Outlast? I think it's terrifying. Yeah. We played it in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I always challenge Bobby to turn off the lights and play yeah, it in the dark. That I'm always the one holding the controller <laughs> in those situations. Not all the time. Most of the time, though, yes. <laughs> yes. And that, my my excuse, which is, you know doesn't hold much water now is that you are more familiar with the newer controls mm-hmm. but now i think i could handle something like that <laughs> um but as a game uh it's very tense i would say um and as you mentioned quick briefly before it's exploring but you can explore only in in spurts in little spurts before something terrible happens and you're running down a hallway yeah. with skeletons popping out of wheelchairs and you have to hide in a locker or in a garbage can or whatever is nearby while these these hulking things are breathing, passing you. You can't see them, but you know they're there. It's very effective, Yeah, I would say. It's very effective. And yeah. um, you never know what's around the corner. I would say personally, the story is not that strong, but if you're looking for a, a fun, cheap thrill... Then I would I would play this game. Yeah, it's like um, and people know like kind of the function of it. It's almost like found footage, the video game, because right. you're you're a reporter who's in this asylum and you're filming as you go along. And there's a lot of like in the dark night vision type of stuff. Uh, you know, I, I would say like you're absolutely right. I think calling it it's a lot like it's like a thrill ride, right? It's like going into like a very very intense haunted house. Yes, that's how I feel. Um, exactly. The one thing I'll say about Outlast, which is that when you're first playing through the scenarios that you get into, it's really, really scary. Sometimes we're like, you know, I can taste like the adrenaline on my tongue, you know, because, because I, I was so tense once it happened, but 
I think the game, like a lot of these games, and Soma suffers from this as well, is that because you can, quote-unquote, die in the game, you end up going back to the beginning of Encounters, and then it just becomes a video game, where it's like, yeah, I know, I have to go this way, right. that way, this way, or or the thing is going to take me and throw me, and it, like, at a certain, after the third or fourth time, it's not scary anymore, because you're just like, I just want to get through this. And that's where I think it falls apart, where I think a lot of the best kind of experiences in horror are ones that either make it very difficult for you to game over or don't allow you to game over because they know the way to the way to make you afraid is not to have you see the same thing over and over and over again right like until dawn like until dawn um like pt right i was going to say that next is that it's funny that you mentioned you know doing the same thing over and over because that's kind of the running theme in pt yeah is you're going down this hallway, the same hallway, over and over and over, and that's really all it is, is this one L-shaped hallway that you're just going over and over again. But the thing with that, with PT is, is that you never know what's going to happen each time you're going through that mm-hmm. hallway. Time is still running right. each time you're going through that hallway. Something is going to come out, you know, something isn't going to come out. Whatever is going on there, it is definitely one of the scariest games if you want to call it a, a, a game i don't know i guess it's still considered a game even it's definitely a game it's not a full game experience obviously and obviously if you don't have it on your hard drive right now you can't play it right you know, right because they took it up the store but it, that's definitely one of the scariest experiences i've ever had it's playing definitely a game. scary and it was you know supposed to be <clears throat> silent hills yeah the next silent hill game mm-hmm. um obviously most know what happened there but yeah. um I lost my train of thought. Um, uh, yeah, it was supposed to be Kojima um, of Metal Gear fame and Guillermo del Toro were supposed to be working on right. it. Well, yes. Norman Reedus was supposed to be the star of of the game. Yeah, it would have been great. Yeah. It would have been great. But the teaser alone, it, it sticks with you. Oh, yeah. And I definitely still think about it. Yeah, for sure. And um, I've watched, of course, I've watched YouTubers play it. And it's just a great reaction game it's mm-hmm. great to see people's reactions and your own reaction and there are definitely times where when me and bobby were playing in the pitch black we were saying i i don't want to go down this hallway again <laughs> i don't i yeah. don't want to do this again for sure we were we were crying basically yeah i don't want to but we did and um it genuinely paid off oh yeah it uh took a few years off of our life but <laughs> well worth it i'd say it was really excellent yeah. experience and and if you did lucky enough to download it and not have, not have played it yet definitely something that you should check out and, and play right um oh and i remembered what i was going to say before oh, is yeah. that this was supposed to be the next silent hills game mm-hmm. however as a major fan of the silent hill series it wasn't very silent hill like oddly enough it was like a big horror game and it was bizarre, and there were those strange, you know, enemies that you encountered, the few enemies or the one enemy in different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't get the the Silent Hill vibe just from the, the little player. I loved it to death, mm-hmm. and I was looking forward to seeing where they were going with it um, because, you know, after doing some research and, and about the game, it wasn't going to be anything like the the playable teaser playable teaser no no. it wasn't it was going to be more like if you beat the teaser you know there's a whole scene where he leaves the hallway and you're outside and i think it would be more like a 
third person. Yeah, well, you don't game. cast Norman Reedus. So that's what I was looking yeah. forward to. Right, of course. That's what I was looking forward to. Um, and if PT was supposed to entice me, it definitely did that job. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm disappointed yeah. that uh, it didn't happen. I'm, I'm not sure we're going to see a Silent Hill game again. Mm, yeah. Or at least one that feels Silent Hill like. Con- Konami doesn't really <coughs> seem very interested in making a lot of video games. Right. So. It's it's pretty depressing. Uh, um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, there are elements there because there's the idea very much that that teaser brings forth is the idea of being trapped in your own sort of hell. And that's a lot of I me. Mean, what the theme of Silent Hill is, is, is that. Oh, absolutely. So they had that there. I, I would love to see what that game would have turned into. Obviously, we'll never know, but it, it was a great atmospheric, really one of the times I think I've screamed loudest in my entire life playing a game or watching a movie. It, it was was playing PT. So this sounds are effective. Yeah, this sounds are effective, and also super effective. That creature showing up behind you. Right, right. Well, that was obviously the huge jump scare. Yeah. And, um, really, really scary. Um, that was another one where there are things that can happen. You can play through the whole game and miss like a whole chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one part where you think it's over, but then there's more. Yeah. And uh, there are parts where the creature is behind you. And if you turn at the right time, you can see the creature, you know, standing in the balcony. Mm-hmm. Yes. We didn't see that. No, we didn't. Thank, so thank goodness. It was, I, I don't know, thank goodness or not, because I think maybe we, we would have been less scared. When when that scene happened, <laughs> when the jump scare happened, but uh, on the flip side of that, I, I've seen what it looks like, and it is terrifying. The balcony scene, yeah. her up on the balcony, yeah, is absolutely terrifying, especially with the uh, you know nondescript sounds that come from it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to call them. Kind of just like a mixture of of. An old, decrepit woman trying to, you know, bend over and scratch her foot and, uh, a, you know, a cheese grater up against the skull. This, these are the sounds. These are the only descriptions that you could come up these with. These are the descriptions that I come up with because these feel the most real to me right now <laughs> when I think about the game. But <laughs> these sounds will stick with you. And PT also kind of re rearranged what the idea of a horror game was because in its wake you saw a lot of games and they're still coming out created sort of in that first person style obviously Allison Road which was coming out then wasn't coming out and is now coming out again um and and there's games like Layers of Fear and other and stuff like that that right. have, uh, cropped up all over the place um even the new Resident Evil 7 is obviously taking its cues from what PT yes, did. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a good I'm one to a, play for us. Resident Evil has had so many different evolutions, I feel, that, you know, now this seems like a new one. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see where they go with it. It could, it could I feel like it could go either way, but there's going to be no middle ground. I think people are either going to love it or hate it. Well, let me ask you about Resident Evil because we haven't talked we haven't talked about probably the two Really, the survival the, horror. The two kings of the horror genre mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there are other games obviously we're not, we're probably going to, these two, these two series are probably what's going to kind of like wrap up our discussion probably because they're, they're the two biggest things. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, there are games obviously that we're not talking about because we really haven't played them. 
like the fear series i've, I've never played uh, oh that's supposed to be really good amnesia dark descent i've never we've never, I've never played. right we have it we have it but we have it but I'm, I'm, you know bobby's always too scared I'm too scared to play he's it. too scared he wants me to hold the controller <laughs> yeah uh, and you know we're, we're kind of at a catch 22 with it <laughs> And there's stuff too like games. Eternal Darkness. Eternal Darkness is one, another one Sanity's that I've never played. Yeah. Um, uh, there's games like you know Slender, which I've never played. Um, there's Fatal also, Frame. Fatal Frame, but you've played some of the earlier Fatal Frames. I right? played about I don't know a quarter of the first one. Right. And it was too complex for me at the time, or I was too scared. Mm-hmm. It was so long ago, but uh, I never finished it. Right. So, you know, there's that stuff which uh, we we don't we don't have a deep relationship with, so we're not really going to talk about here, but. Um, there are games that obviously we know about and that we, 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 we've looked over, especially when we, we decided to do this. Um, and there are other games too, like to me, like a game, like the first Bioshock has elements of like survival horror to them and, and horror elements, horror elements, cause it's a very isolated, creepy game, but I don't really consider it a horror game. Um, because I don't think it's first intent is to scare you. I think it's just, it's a byproduct of sort of the atmosphere in which it's trying to portray. So those are not really on the list for me, but we'll talk about, go back to the two things we were going to talk about. So start resident evil. Um, which one is your favorite first of all, and what, what kind of draws you to that series? (laughs) Well, this is odd for me because I played one, two code Veronica. I'm sorry, three code Veronica. And then I didn't play anything else. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like it's not fair to ask me that question because I know that Resident Evil 4 is regarded as the best one well, yeah. uh, majorly, mm-hmm. um, but I never played that one. We played a little bit of it. We played more than half we of it. We played a little bit and I like it, but um, we we didn't get to any of the parts that I'm used to with a Resident Evil game. Which is, you know... Well, 4 kind of reinvented right, what a Resident right, Evil game right. was, so it's a lot different. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that was, again, at the time where I was a stickler for the oldies. Yeah. And obviously, after playing new games and realizing the <laughs> controls are better on top of, you know, the way they look, um, I now look forward to newer games. But back then, I was more like, eh, you know, I don't know about this. I'm used to the awkward walking mm-hmm. and limping and Mm -hmm. you know the cheesy voice acting and everything like that so all that being said i would say two is my favorite Mm -hmm. out of the ones that i listed that i played out of the playstation slash dreamcast era right yeah right right out of that era yeah definitely two uh because one i love claire so much that i was her for halloween twice yeah and secondly you're you're claire redfield in my phone Yes. Because the night we kind of, I first got your phone number was That's right. because of Claire Redfield. That's right. Because Claire is the best one. And <laughs> it, ca- it causes sometimes when people, when you'll text me and people will see my phone and they'll, they'll be like, who's Claire? Oh, right. Well, that's like you. Like You're I'm cheating on you. That Halloween party, uh, Bobby was Dexter. Dexter Morgan. So that's what he is in my phone. Yeah. That's From the show. Cute Dexter. little anecdote for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no one's actually seen you message my phone, but I'm sure they would raise some questions. <laughs> so anyway, um, but the, yes, Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2. The second thing I like about it is that it has such replayability. Such replayability. You could play Leon once, then you could play Claire, 
and then there's an A and B for both. And you can see so many different scenarios, meet different characters and, you know, go through different areas of the same place and just see how everything ties together on both sides. And I love that. I love that kind of like, you know, um, if you've ever seen the movie Go, it's like, you know, what happened on, from everyone's different perspective? And you see how kind of the whole story ties together and it felt very well done and they felt like they spent a lot of time on it. And it was just so much fun. I played that game so many times and uh, it has all these levels. You know, you could start really easy. I think they even have a beginner level, which is below easy that you can basically guide, glide through the game and probably finish in less than two hours, at least one, one run through of it, one scenario. And um, it's just I love that. I love the fact that there was so much replayability aside from like, you know, the now would be perceived as repetitiveness, mm -hmm. you know, pushing the same statues, looking for the same girl, looking for the same keys, this, that, and the other. But, you know, I enjoyed it back then. And it was definitely a standout of the four that I listed. Yeah. That I, I enjoyed the most playing myself, that is. Yeah, I mean, I think that, well, Resident Evil 4 is definitely noted as, I think, the best of the of the series in, in, in a modern context. But I feel like for... Most people, it's two and four are the ones that are the... Yes, I would agree. The true loves of that series. I mean, the first one is great, and we played through that, um, the sort of HD version they put out uh, last year, I think it was. Um, we played through that and had a great time play playing through that. Right. Uh, you know, obviously... Yeah, that the, was last year. There's a, there's a lot of backtracking and a lot of seeing the same things over and over again, even when you're playing it the first time through. Right. But... What I love about the Resident Evil games is that they're very much puzzle games as well. They have that adventure game DNA in them that is gone now for the most part, you know, for, for a lot of the yeah. the Resident Evil series went very action heavy. And I, I don't know what this new one's going to do as far as those elements go. You're talking about the remake of Resident Evil 2 or no, Resident Evil 7? No, 7. I'm wondering oh, okay. what seven, okay. how Seven's going to... Because Seven's obviously trying to get back to more of a survival horror route. But I'm not sure if it's going to go for the the puzzle element. But that's one of the things I love about those games. I love the adventure game elements of them. Right. Uh, I, I believe that they'll still have puzzles. Mm -hmm. Because I think even in the little demo, there were some things, some puzzles. Or yeah. there was like things you had to find, like a bat or something. Yeah. There were items. Yes. You know, there were things like that. But I don't think it's going to be as arduous as the older games. No, I no. think it's going to be smoother and easier. Yeah. As far as that goes. But I feel like the puzzle element of Resident Evil has to be there mm -hmm. um, in order for it to feel like a full Resident Evil game. But again, that's me speaking from archaic experience. So, yeah, go with that as you will. <laughs> I think that, you know, for me, Resident Evil, like when I was a kid, like when the first one came out, the dog jumping through the windows was a very kind of scary moment for me. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, the birds. Them. But for the most part, I mean, they're not particularly, I think, scary games. They're much more... Uh, they are even in their old incarnations much more of sort of like that like action horror mode, which is, you know, they they have creepiness to them, and there's moments that are that are that are a little bit tense, but it, it, it's they are they are much more bombastic than they are moody. You know, they're like yes, absolutely. Like how big can Definitely. we make? How big can this snake be? How crazy looking can this thing be? You know, that kind of thing. Right. And I love that, especially in the older games. And I think the newer games, at least up to four, yeah, no, which for I sure. saw, yeah. is that the characters, they're always 
game. They're always like, let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. fight. Let's let's just kill these fuckers. You know, yeah. they're never like, oh, I'm scared. I'm terrified, <laughs> like, which is what you'd expect. But these, you know, these stars members, they're ready to go. And um, it's a nice it's n- it, it's, you know, as far as creepiness, I personally don't feel like Resident Evil's creepy. Yeah. Um, I feel like there are parts where I was genuinely terrified because of how large the monsters were <laughs> specifically you know if you play Resident Evil 2 the alligator uh-huh. that comes down that very small hallway yeah. and you have to kind of like shoot off a, a I don't know a fire extinguisher or something off the wall and put it in the alligator's mouth and then shoot them out it was just great it was great because you know back then there was little internet or if you had internet it sucked. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't like, oh, let me check my phone to see what's going on. So that alligator thing had me going for a while because I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? I'm shooting. I keep getting eaten. And then, you know, eventually I figured it out. And that was a great feeling. Um, but as far as creepiness goes, I definitely give that to the Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Um, my favorite horror series. And what's your favorite of, <clears throat> of that series? Well, of course, too. Yeah, I mean, and for that one, you've you've played all the important ones. You don't have to I've worry. I've played, yeah, I I played one, two, three, some of Shatter Memories, and four, and four, which wasn't even really considered a uh, uh, an important one because no, it wasn't I mean, even a Silent Hill game to begin with. No, but, but I mean, you've played the almost the ones you haven't played are like well, you played a little bit of Homecoming. Um, you've seen a little all, bit. You've seen, oh, and I also played Origins. Oh, you had Origins, Origins yeah, with yeah. Travis, the yes. trucker. That and, one was fun. And you've seen all of Shattered Memories, even though we didn't finish playing all of Shattered right, Memories. Right, right. And um, two, two definitely stands out. And it's funny because that's the one that's kind of non-canon. It was like one is this story about you know um, Alessa and Dahlia Gillespie, and then two, okay, it's a new story about James and Mary. And then three goes back to, you know, Alessa and now Heather and how it all ties together and Harry and all that. So, you know, four is its own Mm -hmm. thing, I would say. But two stood out, even even though I do enjoy three. And I have a special place in my heart for one because this was the first time I played a horror game, number one. And number two, I was like scared shitless. I mean, what the heck are these creatures? What the heck is going on? in this town what is happening and it pretty much i felt like harry and I, f- I feel like i just did the voice acting because that's pretty much what it was like where is cheryl cheryl <laughs> but still um i love it it's super creepy super super creepy it's like uh snakes crawling under your skin mm-hmm. you know and and two i feel uh, is most fans love to the most most true diehard fans love to the most because of Pyramid Head. Mm. The introduction of Pyramid Head. The most terrifying <laughs> enemy, I think, on all all these lists I've read, you know, most horrifying this, all the videos I've seen put together on uh, YouTube, Pyramid Head is always at the top of the list. And, you know, I mean, what was your thought when you first saw that well yeah i mean i before i played because a couple of years ago i played through two and three in the hd collection that came out on ps3 um and that was the first time i played through either one of those games and i knew who pyramid head was obviously because it's been a major part of like even you know even that first 
movie that right. had come out and stuff like that. And he was just part of video game popular culture in a big way. But I think what it's what's so impressive about two is that two really, and I mentioned this before talking about PT, really addresses the underlying thematic truth of Silent Hill, which is this idea of it as this prison of your own making in, in, in yes. a lot of ways. And, and the thing about one and three, they're about that, but they're also just, they're also about like the crazy people who created this like alternate dimension that, you know, make, you know, all this kind of stuff. That well, ma- it was Alessa. Yeah. She was uh, sacrificed. Right. To this demon. Mm-hmm. And everything you were seeing was kind of her nightmares. Right. So you were going through her nightmares in, in one and three. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shattered Memories is, is kind of a reimagining of the first one. Yeah. You know, Harry's more like, eh, sleazy guy, you mm-hmm. know, and oh, where's my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But it, which was fun to see. Um, we can get back to that in a second, which, you know, I didn't really particularly love Shutter Memories, but um, back to two. Right. So for me, it's like it, it tells the story about this character. And because he's not part of the Alessa, you know, Dahlia cult aspect of the of the the sort of main mythology of the series, it really dives into the sort of mental and emotional aspects of grief and guilt and how we trap ourselves oh, in, yeah. in these places because of our grief and guilt and, and our inability to either to forgive ourselves or to actually face up to the things that we've done wrong. Um, and that's, what's so great about the second one to me. And plus the second one to me is great because it gives you no, no quarter and no purchase as far as, how crazy everything around you is and, and everything you think that everything you think is normal turns out to not be normal. Even mm. the people you meet along the way oh, end yeah. up not being normal. They're definitely not normal when you first meet them. <laughs> and you know, that gives a very uneasy feeling to it. And I think that it's too definitely becomes, I think the scariest of, uh, 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 of the games for sure. You know, I think that, I really liked three a lot. And I think that three is, is a really cool game. Three is a lot of fun and it looked amazing for the time it came out. Yeah. I mean, and then we played the HD version. I, I remember even commenting, I was like, this looks really good for now. And again, that was four, four years ago or something like that. But like, it was still a pretty good looking game then with the HD upgrade to it. So it, you know, it was a fun game to play and did a lot of good stuff. And there was a lot of scary imagery. And what Silent Hill does best is that, the way it sort of does this kind of body horror, weird sort of warped creatures thing is a very unsettling thing. Uh, and also uh, enough can't be said about uh, the music. Yes. In the Silent Hill series. And the sound effects. Yeah. Just the sound effects of like, I, I don't know, muscle and guts. And yeah. Moaning in the distance and grunts and yeah. steel upon steel, you mm-hmm. know, and what is happening? I have no idea, but I want more of it. <laughs> you know, Yamioka, who did the music for it, he, it was so good that they had him do the music for the movie version of it. You know, that's how mm-hmm. good of a composer he is. It's such a, an identifiable thing and, and, and a great theme feeling. And the, the great thing about Silent Hill in general is that I love the fact that it is, and Resident Evil shares some of this too, which is it is 
Japanese creators creating what they believe is an American version of a horror story. <laughs> and it's a it's an awesome thing because it, it that's what leads to the bizarreness of Silent Hill because it has some of the tropes that we're used to seeing in American horror, you know, in haunted house movies and sort of in, in possessed town movies or whatever but it has a unique spin on it because it's not done by someone who grew up in that culture. You know, there's an outsideness to it, which I, which I love about those games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Any other horror games you want to mention before we, we wrap this up? Um, well, I don't know if it's classified in, as horror, but you know, going the indie route, you enjoyed, uh, Oxenfree. Oh, Oxenfree is definitely a, a, a horror game. I would say, it deals in in scares and the supernatural and 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 stuff like that. I think definitely, yeah, it's a horror game. It was a cool game, yeah, for sure. I think that Oxenfree is one of those games where you know you have you have games like this, you have movies like this, you have TV shows like this, books like this, where you really appreciate the form or what they were going for, but the actual kind of act of playing the game and stuff w- was not like the top for me, you know. So. Uh, it's definitely a cool game. Right. I agree. But it, it's not like the, the, the best to me. Um, yeah. So definitely a cool game. Definitely worth playing, I think, but not a, a top of the list type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't think I can think of anything else off the top of my head right now. I am looking forward to The Walking Dead, as I said before, season three coming out this month uh crossing my fingers <laughs> and uh i'm not sure when allison road is actually going to come out Nobody but knows. it was you know off and now it's back on which is great and uh i'm really looking forward to that if it's anything like pt i want to see where they go with it because that was equally terrifying yeah i would say we watched a video you can't play it no you can't play it, but that video is terrifying yes yeah Totally. All right. So I think that's going to do it for our horror, horror game chat. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, we're at talking underscore games on, on Twitter and it's games at talkingcomicbooks.com. If you want to email us about some of your favorite horror games, um, I am at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Karen. At Kazith. Yeah. Uh, so follow her there. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, the, the full crew will be back in the house. We got bunch of stuff to talk about Titanfall 2, Mafia 3, Call of Duty, Dishonored. We got a lot of stuff to talk about next week. But until then, be good to each other. Bye-bye.